Welcome to this week's edition of the Psychology of Success podcast. This week, I interview Leanne Wynn. Leanne is a credit expert and mentor and advisor to CEOs, influencers, YouTubers, e-com experts, athletes, and celebrities, a keynote speaker, and well-known as the Credit Ninja. She helps improve and enhance credit files and supports high-level entrepreneurs who are looking to take their credit knowledge and power to the next level. You know, I had a really good conversation with Leanne and she taught me a lot about credit and a lot of these things I didn't learn in school and they're vital for anyone that wants to be financially free and independent. So I really think you guys will enjoy this episode, especially if you're younger, if you're new to credit, I think it'll really help you out and it's a true eye-opener to what credit can do for you and the benefits of it. So let's hop right into it. Welcome to the podcast, Leanne. Thanks for being on. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I think um, I think Brent uh, referred me in. He's he was one of your guests on a previous podcast, correct? Oh yeah. Yep. Interviewed him a couple months back. Good guy. Yeah, you told me all about your stuff and the impact that you're making in people's lives, and I'm excited to learn more. About it, so. Well, excited to be on here, and it's always about you know, the awareness part of credit, uh, letting people know what their options are and how they go about using it to their benefit, especially now when people are losing their jobs and so forth. So this is all due to strategy. And I think you asked like, how did I become the credit ninja? Well, it starts back um, in 2009 when uh, when the financial crash happened and I myself had bad credit because I ended up losing my home, my car, Uh, my livelihood. So I didn't have money and my credit. The first thing that went is my credit. And this happens to everybody that loses their job or money. And uh, by learning about credit and my background in finance and credit technology, I was able to figure out how to get my score better, how to dispute these negative items without paying anything back. So I accumulated about $165,000 in credit card debt that all went to collection. So because I couldn't pay for it, it just naturally went to collection because I had no money to negotiate with them. So it was a horrible time in my life. I'm glad I went through it. Everybody needs to go through it to learn how to get out of it. I think experience is the most important thing that most people need to go through in order for them to master something. Mm -hmm. So going through that debacle, I was able to figure out there were laws that were set in place that you can dispute these negative items. So really? myself and some of my really close business friends decided to work my file and fix it and start disputing all these and make sure that we disputed it with the credit bureaus to find out if this is a valid debt. And believe it or not, a lot of these collection companies, they don't have all the documents to prove that it's your debt. So by default, the credit bureaus have to remove it. So over a period of a year to a year and a half, things started to fall off and I never had to pay a penny back. Let me, re- my, let me repeat that, a penny back of all that debt. Is and that I started, isn't that pretty crazy? Or yeah. Have, I'm sorry? Have they fixed that issue of them not recording that in their systems or does it still happen to people today? No, it's completely gone. It's completely gone because we disputed the legal way. We forced them to validate the debt. We sent out the appropriate letters to all the credit bureaus and the collection company. 
and it went away over time. And of course, it's going to take patience. I mean, this is not something you do overnight. You have to have like resilience. Are you able to handle, you know, collectors calling you? Are you able to handle these letters? And so over time, you know, my score got better and I got really good at, you know, getting new credit cards and reestablishing. And so I just thought to myself, as a business owner myself, I went through it. How many other business people went through it with me at the same time? So I started kind of reaching out to accountants, lawyers, and so forth and said, and I asked them, who needs help with their credit? The overwhelming response was crazy. Everybody goes, help me, help me, help me. And I started doing it for free because I didn't really, I didn't want to charge people yet because I really wasn't there yet. So after getting results through these referrals, um, I started getting a name for myself in the industry and they used to call me the ninja. And then from there, I'm like, wow, that's a cool name. It's really catchy, but I do credit. So I pair the two names together and I called myself the credit ninja. And at that time, social media just started and I read up on, you know, Instagram and so forth. I just grabbed the name. I didn't know what I was going to do with the name. I just grabbed it. And I, I figured I'll do something with it later on if I ever do anything. And it paid off because now, you know, eight, nine years along the line, Credit Ninja has been a really strong brand for me. And it actually helped me grow my business. So that's how I got the name. Good. Yeah. That's catchy. I love the name. That's awesome. Who are some of your clients? Um, I really can't name names, but there are a lot of celebrities, NFL players. Um, there are golfers that are involved. There are YouTubers, e-commerce. A lot of influencers on Instagram and Facebook are my clients. Um, I've just really dove deep into the social media influencer world and started servicing like um, the different influencers. And by doing that, they did a shout out for their audience. That's how I started my marketing is I served the top echelon and then they pretty much shouted me out and I just worked that community. Zero advertising. It's just all built on relationship. Okay. Yeah. That's good stuff. So do you have any credit hacks that you can share with us? Yeah, definitely. Uh, the tip that I gave you in regards to understanding uh, the importance of history on your file. So if you don't have any history or you're trying to rebuild history or you're trying to get more credit lines, it's always good to add positive data onto your file. And this is all legal because the, the banks actually encourage you to add people on your card so that there'll be more people using your card, thereby they can get more uh, usage and they can actually uh, charge interest. But the thing is we're utilizing that system to benefit the credit reporting of each person. So for example, you're just starting out with credit, right, Kaden? Yep. And so the best way to get uh, data right away is to ask that your parents, if you have parents or close friends that have history on their credit that has really low balance, they can add you on as what they call an authorized user. By adding you on as an authorized user, it actually mirrors the two files and it transfers all that good data, good history, and good behavior all the way over to yours. And within a few months, you'll have that history and that allows you to go and get your own lines. And that's when it becomes powerful because just adding it alone is not enough, but you also need to start getting even a little $300 card on your own. 
is amazing. So that's one of my favorite tips is being able to piggyback onto someone's credit history to help you. And you don't ever need the card. You can just tell them, I don't need the card. I don't need to use it. I just need the data that would really help me jumpstart my credit um, you know, profile and my credit journey. I think that's the best tip I, I could give you. It's worth like five to 10,000 right there. Oh yeah. So does yeah. That credit history start? So say my dad were to add me to his card today, mm -hmm. would it start from this date forward, all the money that he spends on that card? Or does it take the history of that card? It takes the history of that card. So actually if he had that card for 15 years on your file, now that you had zero years, it's going to jump to 10 years or 15 years immediately as soon as it reports and that's so powerful because if you think about uh, one of the criteria of lending is how long have you had history and all of a sudden your dad's kind of helping you the bank feel more confident because in their mind even though it's an authorized user they're thinking someone trusts Caden well enough to add that him onto a card and so we trust him too do you see the association yeah man yeah. Yeah, i didn't even that's a good point. So I just went to the bank two days ago and I applied for an auto loan. And since I really have no credit history, I just turned 18 last week. It came back and said, okay, we've approved you for $15,000, but it's a 15% rate. Yeah. Cause it's your first car. It's your first car loan. And I'm surprised you went and applied without having to at least put that, put your name on your dad's card first. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. Yeah. So what I did instead, I went and got a shared secured loan. Okay. It was, I just closed on it yesterday. They're lending me $3,000 and I just have to keep that in my bank, but I'm doing it over three years to where I can just build credit over my mission and it just pays off every single month. Yeah, that's, that's a great idea. Yeah, you can always get a line of credit with the bank. Even $1,000 would do a great great uh you know reporting on your 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 file okay so for new credit users like me what are some of the best credit cards to get started with yeah so if you're a student discover it is a really good uh, card to start with because it's they're they're easy approval because they're going to give you a, a lower limit but then you need to now prove to the bank that you are a very good uh, credit risk to them i mean you're making payments on time you're keeping your balance low and then in three months you can ask for a limit increase and by doing that you start with like 500 they're going to increase it to a thousand and then 1500 and it just multiplies over the years and then you use that line that's showing up you can go and apply at chase chase would be another good one to start like a chase freedom card even if they give you a thousand dollars build that relationship relationship is really strong um after a few years you're going to get up to about 21 credit cards and that's the number that's the magic number that you need to be at eventually not now but maybe in five years maybe apply for a few cards a year and then start doing your business credit cards that's in a different profile and then by that time 21 is the magic number and i know you think wow that's a lot of cards well let me show you a lot of cards is you know i have like a whole uh, folder of cards somewhere here I can show you, but it's a whole booklet of cards. There's like 40 credit cards in there. Okay. But they're all mixed of different credit cards. I don't carry a balance on most of them, only my business cards, but that's how you build a good profile is having slowly stack them along the way. But start with like 
a Discover, or even a Capital One, like a Platinum Capital One, a starter card, you know. And if you don't get approved, get a secure card. So you put a little bit amount of money down. I would say at least 500 because 300 is a little low. Put 500 down as a secure deposit, and that will report to the three bureaus. Capital One is really good for that. Also, there's some credit union cards that are good for that. Um, you just have to search on their best secure card in Google, and they'll give you a list, okay? But try to stay with the big banks. And do not, do not, I'm going to give you a tip, avoid store credit cards like Macy's and all that because you can only use it in that store. And people that apply for those cards, especially right now during Christmas when you go shopping, they always try to offer you, open a new card and you get 20%. But here's the problem, and this is the number one problem. People apply for it, they forgot they got that card. And say they moved and the mail came to a house that they had just rented and moved, you now missed a payment that you didn't even know about. You save a few bucks and now it damaged your credit for life. That that's a tip I can give you for the Christmas season. Because that's where most of the problems start is people offering you discounts and coupons and you just didn't think about it. You applied, you never even knew you even got a card because you never even see the card because it never came to you. Or I don't know what happened. You know, because of COVID, the mail mailman delivered to your neighbors and they threw it away. All kinds of stuff could happen. Yeah. So you mentioned the magic numbers, 21 cards. Is it ever, like say you have most of those and you don't use them, does it negatively affect your credit score if they're just open and you don't use them at all? No, not necessarily. But I always encourage people to take it out spend a little bit every few months, even if it's a cup of coffee or just go get gas, things that you need and make sure you go home and pay it right away because they want to make sure that it's still alive because it costs a bank. And I want you to think on the perspective of the bank. It costs a bank money to maintain that credit file with you. And if you're not using it, then they're going to shut it down. But the problem with them shutting it down, Caden, is that that history that you built for three, four years goes away and it's going to hurt you because now your average age will go down. Imagine if you had an eight-year-old card go away and you only the and you have some new cards that are a year or two years. When you remove that eight number, you now your average age has dropped down to a year or two, and that's going to drop your score and your your ability to uh, lend or, or borrow goes down drastically. So keep keep an eye on that. You know, if you don't pay attention to it, it leaves you. Just remember that. Anything. Okay. Good to know. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned start out with the Discover It card for first-time yeah. users. Yeah. For how long should someone get their next card and so forth? I would wait. Um, I mean, there are some people that are aggressive, and they wait. They do a whole bunch at a time, like two or three. But if you want to be conservative, I would do one and then wait a couple months so that it reports. You have to allow that card to report to the Bureau. I would say wait a couple months. I normally say 45 days, but because of COVID, the banks are running really slow right now. Okay. I would say two months. Okay. Good to know. Okay. What are some common credit myths surrounding credit? Yeah. So most people are scared about credit because they don't understand. Uh, they think credit is debt. So the, the, the misconception is that, wow, credit is bad. You know, you should just use cash. But the thing is, credit is good if you leverage it and put it into a business or put it into something that you could flip and make money and pay it on time and don't carry the debt the debt on the credit is bad write that down the debt 
on that credit is bad if you're carrying it and you don't have a timeline or a game plan to pay it down. Because mm -hmm. most people that do spend, they don't think about it. They just put it on a credit card without thinking in their head. If I put this TV on there, what, when will I pay it down? And do I have the resources to pay it down? If you can't answer that question, I best not put it on there because then, then it's, you're going to be paying more interest on that because it eventually turned into interest. Then now you ended up paying for that $500 TV. It's going to co possibly cost you $1,000 or $700. That doesn't make any sense at all. Okay. So be responsible with credit. Mm -hmm. What are some benefits that you've seen with credit cards? I mean, I just saw on Instagram, you just had a free vacation pretty much. Yes. Yeah, so uh, I stayed at um, the Caesars hotel um, and there's points that's involved. You can use your credit card points. You could also, um, you know, you can redeem those points. Like for example, American express, all those points that you use, especially right now, a lot of the e-com kids are putting ad spend like Facebook ads and all that. They get like four times point. You can get a few hundred thousand points in a period of a month because it's four times. And now if you have your own agency and you're doing ads for somebody else and you put your American Express card down, guess what happens? You're going to accumulate all those points for you because you did the ads for your client. But now you're getting all the points. And remember, those points you can use for travel. But say you want to take it down and get the cash. Well, you go and there's a method for that. We can go into detail. You get another credit card in the same bank and you draw down those in terms of cash. So you convert the points into cash and you can take that cash down like through American Express. It's brilliant. Hmm. And I want to show you something. Look, these are all hotel cards in the period of the year. All these hotels I stayed for free. And some of these hotels, I don't know if you see this, Ritz-Carlton, it's 700 a night. And it's free. Dang. I mean, this is a lot in one. Whoa. Well, I just scared my dog. But uh, a lot of cards here. Okay. Wow. That's awesome to see. You know, I feel like a lot of people don't realize the good that can come from credit, you know. Look at that. Wow. These are all credit cards. And this is only one book. But there's like about 40 in here. And I have three of these. And you use these. This is like currency. And I don't carry it. These are all. I don't owe any money on any of these. Okay, I just use them to get the points. It's a game. Yeah. Credit is a game. Play it well, you get rewarded. Play it wrong, you're going to get penalized. Okay. And if you don't play at all, you actually lose out. Correct? Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. And life is a game. So yeah. pair the life with the credit and the finance that's going to feel your dreams because a lot of kids now that are trying to pursue their entrepreneurial lifestyle, because they see it on Instagram. But the problem is how are you going to finance it? Your parents can't pay for everything, right? It's true. Yeah. Okay. It's a game. Yeah. Good stuff. So you guys collect, uh, you guys collect baseball cards. I collect credit cards and bank account and hotel cards. That's what I need to say. Yeah, now that I'm 18, I can take advantage of it. Right. Yeah. Are you excited? Oh, I'm so excited. I want to apply tomorrow or even today for my first credit card. I just got my first loan, so now that'll be on my history for the next three years. Um, doesn't Remember, but that didn't report yet. You just got it. So wait 40 days. Wait 40 days to get the credit card? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Now, was that at a uh, credit union, Kaden? Yeah. Okay, may ask the credit union since you since you already ran my credit for that loan or that secured loan. Can I or shared loan? Can I get a credit card without pulling again? Because sometimes those credit unions they only pull one time, and you get a whole bunch of different products with it. Okay. Hmm. Like one bullet, it kills a whole bunch of birds. Okay, one bullet. I love credit. It's so much fun. Yeah, it's almost addicting. Now, like it just opens my eye to all the possibilities, all the rewards that you can get. I mean, it's free money, using other people's money to make more money. Yeah. Well, I wanna I wanna break that down. When you say free money, I wanna explain to why it's free money. When you use the credit cards and you use it at the merchant, the merchant gets charged a fee. So the credit card companies make a fee. So they give you back a tiny bit of what they make. So actually you're stimulating them to make money. Think about it. If your card is floating out there to all these merchants, the merchants are running their credit card processors. They pay a fee to these banks and processors. They make a big fee. They're just giving you peanuts. But if you know how to stack these peanuts up, you can make peanut butter, right? Mm -hmm. There yeah. you go. I wonder why they charge the merchants and why merchants would want to do that. Because cost of doing business, you know, to use their terminals, to use their credit system, to use their payment processor. It takes money to make money. Like when you had your, uh, your car detail, I don't know if you take credit cards or not, do you? Uh, we did back then. Okay, so there's a fee there. Because it, it's a fee of convenience because clients, you know, your customers, they don't want to carry cash all the time. So they use their credit card. So if they use their credit card, you have to pick a fee. So it's part of your loss, you know, part of your expense. But you acquire that client instead of turning them away because they don't have enough cash. So it's a, everybody wins. You make, you get a client, the banks make money, the processor makes a fee, the end user, like the, the person with the card to get points. So they got a little, everybody wins in this pot. Yeah. But if you don't play, you don't win. Very true. Look at you, you're smiling. You love this game. <laughs> this is eye-opening right here. I, yeah. This is awesome. So tell me some of your success stories from clients that you've worked with. Yeah, I've had, um, well, I had a client that does multi-level marketing. And when he left the company and came over to another company, his credit was smashed. He didn't have any history. He had a whole bunch of collections and tax liens. And he is a very good leader. He could build big teams. But the problem was he didn't have a credit card. He didn't have money to go and travel to build these big teams. So we ended up working on his file. We cleaned up collections, tax liens. We added some positive trade lines. So right around like October, November of that year, by December, we were able to get him $75,000 in lines of credit that he could go and fly to these different states to speak and to recruit and to build. And that was able to blow his business up where he was making a few hundred thousand a month. Now going from penniless to a hundred thousand a month because he had access to credit, we were the gas to his car. We gave him the ability and the access to, and to the opportunity to build his business. Without it, he wouldn't be successful today. So that's one of my success stories among many other ones that I see. Yeah, and I'm sure that's super fulfilling seeing that because it is. you're in that position too where you're at the very bottom and now you're able to help other people. 
and I'm yeah. sure. I feel like the journey I went through, the losses, the liabilities, starting from nothing, not having enough food because I'm at the bottom of my game. I think that really caught me, taught me humility and, and, and humbleness and to know that you can be beaten down. But the, the, the cool part is that you have a moral obligation to help other people with this knowledge. Because you could always do bad with this knowledge, but you could also do good. And I chose to do good. That's great. So before we get into the last couple questions, yes, my listeners reach out and support you and get some credit tips and mentorship. Yeah, so uh, the mentorship part, everyone can find me on Instagram. That's the platform that I choose because my reach is wider and it's it's just my audience is within that platform. It's Credit Ninja. So it's just all one word, Credit Ninja. And you can watch all the YouTubes in my bio. So there's uh, on my link tree on my bio, you can pull down, watch the my favorite YouTubes that talk about my journey and some tips. You can also listen to the podcast that was on there. And also all the highlights uh, on Instagram, there's tips on there that you can learn for free. You know, I'm not here about promoting or so forth, but if, if I can impact your life and you can learn for free and eventually you want to do a mentorship with me, I'm there for you. So uh, please check out Instagram. That's the best way to get a hold of me. Send me a DM. I'd love to hear your stories. Awesome. So last couple of questions and take your time answering these. Yeah. A little bit hard. So. If we could hop in a time machine right now and travel to any time in your life and you could tell yourself anything, where would you go and what would you say? Yeah, I would, I would step back in the like financial crash of 2008 when I lost everything. I wish I could start my uh, personal brand earlier, but because of what I went through, I was scared to put myself out there because I wanted to keep a low profile and that was wrong. I think for me, I think, I could help more people and get back in the game faster if I had embraced uh, like YouTube at the time when it first started. I wish I would have started my YouTube channel and really built out that audience and using all the um, you know tech stuff that was available. And of course, Instagram started and Facebook. If I would have started earlier and acquired like more domain names that to benefit my field, I think that's something I would would do again and grab some mentors in the process like what you're doing right now with podcasts i wish i would have done it back then when i was able to rebuild i should have done it faster because speed is everything mm -hmm. but i'm not regretful i'm just saying if i could do it i would have done it faster back then yeah. so if you can prescribe anything to the entire world and they have to do it for 30 days what do you tell them to do I would have them reassess what's in their life now and live simpler and automate their life. And that means organization in their finances, what's important to them, the people around them, do an analysis and, and do house cleaning of their finances and the people that surround them. Because sometimes less is more. And if you can automate everything you do, especially like with credit, all the bills that you pay, all the credit cards should all be automated. You shouldn't even waste your time thinking about it so that you can do what you do best, which is me. I help people with coaching. I help them with their business. If I spent the time to pay bills or do things that are, are non-producing, 
then that wouldn't be beneficial and that wouldn't like I wouldn't excel. I wouldn't level up. So if people can just spend 30 days, organize their life, purge out things that they don't need or they don't want, or even people and things, people that drag them down, clean that up. And by the end of 30 days, if they can systemize that and automate their life, they will live a very happy life, happier and carefree and have peace of mind. So when they go to bed every night, they know that things are handled, you know, that they're not under stress about it, that they don't live with regret. And they, because they're organized, they know they've, they're on a calendar to call people, check on people, because it, it makes sense to be organized. If you have clarity, everything becomes easy. The problem is people are so bogged down with so many moving parts and stresses. They're disorganized. It's too chaotic. Oh, yeah. 30 days of cleansing your and automating your life would be the best for everyone right now. I like that. It's good stuff. Well, yeah, I appreciate your time. I want to acknowledge you and the producer you are in the world for sharing your information and everything that you've learned in your life and really helping people with their credit and changing lives. I see it all the time on your social media. You're really helping people out in the world and making the world a better place. So thank you for that.